When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pre-game preview, 296. Well, this could be the last time that we're in the bunker, so we gotta make it a big show. Peroni, a Sam Summer Lager, or some Salt Point Moscow, <laughs> Moscow What are you gonna do? Oh, and I feel like we got a good card, end of the year. 14 total fights on this card. Where's the ball sucker? I know that Morning Combat will ultimately prevail because the BC loop dynamic Though I wasn't sure how that was going to play out over time, what is it, 520 episodes later, has proven to be a winner. These are my two special needs friends. And uh, Showtime for me specifically has been there for decades. You know, I've been watching it, so it goes way, way back. And uh, so it's a bittersweet moment, but I'm glad to be part of the last show in the bunker, Jersey City. You know, we used to do these on the roof. And then they demoted us. And we just stayed down here in the basement. Hi, everyone. We are gathered here today to get ready for UFC 296, the last pay-per-view of 2023. The welterweight title's up for grabs. The flyweight title's up for grabs. There's a lot going on. Patty Pimblett's back, Tony Ferguson, maybe some cucks like these two. Who's to say? <laughs> it's time for the Morning Combat 296 pre-game preview. My name is Luke Thomas. I am uh, merely one-third of your hosting duo. I'm joined by my two special needs friends. This is Chuck Mindenhall, <laughs> the Iceman. Two man. This is good. And there's Brian Campbell. Look at Brian Campbell, high as shit. That's not true. Put the, put the, say, put the solo cam on please, Brian Campbell's please, eyes. Let's go enter into my living room. Look at how high this man is. <laughs> wow. He's got 15 gummies in his uh, tummy. That would be untrue, but there are two things, though, guys, that I will guarantee to the viewers during today's episode. Uh, Masturbation. One, one, that I will interrupt Chuck more than a friend probably should. Fan base knows that. And two, <laughs> that the expectation should be centered around one thing, Chuck. That's real talk. <laughs> I like the dramatic pause. Like men do. Which means don't bitch out on any tough questions. It's good, okay? that, we're, it's good that we're being fired. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fair. Quarters this is, in fact, this is, in fact, the last one of these we're going to do, maybe not ever, but certainly in this studio. This will be the last one here. So, uh, Iceman, any pre-game preview and a post-show, post everything. It's like the I'm last sorry, was one. that English? <laughs> <laughs> it's pre-game, but where this is the last one, so it's like ah uh, yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, any favorite memories from these? Like when we used to do these on the roof, and then they were like, oh yeah, we'll do it on the roof I'm again, miss and then we never did it on the roof again. I like this area though because it's 23 layers underground. It's like 24. Yes. It's yeah. pretty cool. Take I'll miss me that. Down right, <laughs> six underground um, right. No. BC loves. The absolute war. Do you really like Creed? I, no, Creed blows, but the first record, My Own Prison, still stands up to this day. I'm not saying it's a five-star classic, you. but it's redeemable. They Dude, only have the one, one? song. You don't it's know one? one? Oh, yeah. No, My Own Prison, one. Okay, two songs. Uh, Torn, the first song. I mean, dude, it's kind of... Okay. That was Natalie Imbruglia, right? <laughs> anyway. Whoa. Hope everything's okay there. Uh, 
As I mentioned before, we're here to talk about UFC 296, but actually before we do that... Are we giving too much head here? I'm not going to direct this well. Why don't you take those stupid no, sex jokes and make it about, about something more interesting? Why don't you tell the folks that we have here on the table, the, the assortment? Well, we things. wanted to honor a few different parts of our lineage and our history, and one of those things would be Brendan Schaub, who really <laughs> helped greenlight us onto That's this true. side. So you got the Tiger Thick Whiskey right here, which is... Really good. Actually, really pretty I damn it's good. good. It's surprisingly of, quite yes. good, yeah. We have the Cannibal Corpse Whiskey, which does not meet, surprisingly, the it, same It hurts me level. to say this. It, uh, you, could actually, <laughs> you could actually fuel a tractor with that. And um, this fantastic hat representing probably South America's second most forgotten country, and the first being Guyana. It's a little strong. Nobody's talking about Guyana anymore. But the thing about Colombia is you got to pronounce Columbia, it correctly. Colombia, not Colombia. when we have any debates about language... In the, in the world of UFC, we don't actually go to John Anik. We go to Luke's yeah, wife as yeah. the judge. I mean, he really, I mean, if you would I'd be more intimidated with his wife. You know, what's interesting Anik. is BC's entire worldview is based upon directly trying to not understand a word you're saying and then misrepresent it in the worst possible way. <laughs> now, is it Cuba or Cuba? Uh, among friends, it's Cuba. Okay. All right, All right boys, All right. let's get to it here for a little bit. Before we talk about UFC 296, which, by the way, main card completely stacked. Stacked top to bottom. Yeah. Really interesting, good fights, important fights in a number of directions, two title fights. But first, as I mentioned, it is in fact the last pay-per-view of the year. Chuck Mendenhall, Iceman, you are our guest here on this program. Give me your sense of the UFC's 2023 in pay-per-view. We can go over some of the highlights sure. in no particular order. Izzy getting revenge on Pereira, the return of Henry Cejudo, Sean O'Malley beating Algernon John Sterling. Jones. John, Jones, John Jones made a return. Yeah. Granted, the fight was quite anticlimactic, yeah. but he did make a return. You could have been worse anticlimactic if uh, if Gaunt had done that to Jones, I think. But okay. Jones coming in and doing what he did made it. It was hard. a year of highs and lows for Volkanovski. Yeah. It was a year of, I would say, relative, but yeah, highs for Islam Makachev in all different kinds of ways. So it was, yeah. it seems to be, not a year of gigantic, enormous fights, but a good string of very quality ones. I think so. And usually when you kind of reflect oh, on... The, the no, sorry, the retirement event of Amanda right, Nunes. exactly. Usually when you reflect on, you know, the pay-per-views and what has happened during the year, you might find three or four duds in the end. Like, in retrospect, you look back and be like, well, that wasn't the greatest. Or... So many fights fell out, on it, fell out that it just basically ends up in poor condition and doesn't deliver. This year, I think we got we got it. Like there was that three month stretch with Jones, and you mentioned Volkanovski and Islam, uh, the first one. Those are good fights, man. And then toward the end, it's the unpredictability of the sport that started to stand out. You know, you get Sean Strickland, you get Sean right. O'Malley, and these guys kind of breaking through. And that adds a whole new zest. So I thought it was a very strong year that way yeah. for pay per view. And also, for, I'll just say this piece said, quickly uh, in terms of upsets. Leon Edwards is here because he w had the upset over Kamaru right. this past year and then had to finish it off. Yes. Um, or pretty clear, no, he was the last August where he beat him and then had to have the, the second fight this year. Um, but as you mentioned, Izzy losing to Strickland, there was a series of big upsets that happened yeah. through the course of the year that can't be overlooked either. No, and, I, and you, I know some people might be watching this and go, oh, well, wow, you guys did a lot of complaining about the UFC this calendar year. <laughs> and I think, you know, from a PR standpoint, not a great year. From a week-to-week -week depth quality of cards, why are they watering down? I don't understand this. Maybe not the best. But big picture sometimes is... What really speaks more to where the health of a promotion is at. In big picture, they nailed the big fights. We got one versus two, pound for pound, more or less, with Volk versus Alex twice. You know, we got great stories of yeah. who's retired and walked away better than what Amanda did, what Robbie Lawler did, who's had a comeback better than what John Jones did. I mean, we've had all those big moments. Yeah. They have delivered, even when they've been forced to scramble. They scrambled in Abu Dhabi and really made some big star value come back. Madison Square Garden, which lost such a key right. fight to bring over the casuals. 
They replaced that with bangers, good stories, breakthroughs Tom from Tom Aspinall, exactly Alex that. Pereira having the incredible turn to his career that he's had this year. So you're right. It can be both things at once. It was a challenging year PR-wise, journalistically, but at the same time, they delivered the high notes that you would expect, and they are closing this calendar year with a pay-per-view card that for whatever it lacks at the very top in terms of like that crossover reach, boy, do it hardcore top to bottom. They got us covered. I mean, they got us back covered. Back after Chuck, us. how much do you like the 296 card? I like it in terms of its depth. I mean, and I hate to say this because you do that. We do this all the time. We look at it from inside the ball and we're like, man, there's a lot of good fights. But there really are. There are 14 total fights on this card, which is... Uh, as of the it, time of this recording. As of, yes. And I mean, that's enormous for the UFC standard. You're used to that in Bellator, but not the UFC. And uh, I mean... I would say there's probably six, seven pretty compelling fights. I mean, those, all the, all the main card looks good to me, and then there you could pick out some on the prelims as well. It's just it, from top to bottom, it's pretty good. Yeah, I would say it's great. It, it, I would say so as well. And then getting back to the previous topic very quickly, the UFC did have some things this year where I mean, remember, like the year started off with Dana White and his wife in that altercation, and then, and then right, they shoved power like, slap at us, and then the power slaps. <laughs> that stuff. feels like so long. And it was fighter pay. There are fighter pay was a big one. Francis was a big one, and there's a lot of real consternation about the apex. How much of the product is it? When they're on the road, the product yeah. does seem to yeah. be quite good. When they're not, there's and then some Bud Light concerns. got woke and Kid, Ar Kid Rock got armed, and you know, <laughs> like things happened. Right? So there was a reason for I think some mixed feelings about the UFC potentially as a brand. But I do think the pay-per-views. There's nothing that was super major on there, but everything was for the most part pretty yeah. consistently good, or at least in the case of Amanda Nunes, historically relevant. Which brings us, of course, to 296. When we talk about 296, we're headlined by Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. So the natural temptation would be to start with Colby getting here because it kind of is the thing that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up as like <laughs> something here doesn't fit. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to disrespect Leon that way. So why don't we actually start with Leon here a little bit. And one thing, BC, that I've been wondering is something that he made where when we were talking about Izzy, he was like maybe this whole time it's been the potato story. And some of that is, you know, they both had big moments with each other in this rivalry. But like... Colby and Kamaru definitely had an era, but maybe the real story, tell me if you think this way, is that the real story was that Leon was going to come out and sweep them both. What do you think? Uh, it's been such an incredible turnaround for Leon, and in this calendar year to have a victory, for as, for as much dramatic, historical relevance as the head kick heard around the world in their first fight was, you got to come back and do that a second time when you're automatically going to be the, the betting underdog again a second time. And he beats Kamaru Usman straight and up. And he recognized that immediately, too. In a head-to-head fight, to and you start to realize that, okay, there is no fluke involved. This win streak is absolutely real. And, oh, by the way, this guy's, like, deserving among the top five pound-for-pound pound best in the world. Then when that pound-for-pound pound list started to wiggle and go in different directions and some came and went, suddenly Leon's this consistent force in the middle that it's sort of like he has an opportunity to close what has been an incredible breakout year for him in which he didn't just establish his name. That happened the first time he beat Usman, but he cemented his name critically amongst the best in the world and now has an opportunity to be a fairly popular character, which is why Colby's in this spot coming off his own pay-per-view victory against Masvidal, although that seems like years ago at this point. Um, dude, boy, could he like yeah. come out really in the fighter of the year discussion 100%. too with a victory here. So you're right. We, we got the story wrong in terms of whose story this actually was. <laughs> I want to see how good Leon can actually be because this oh. division's kind of in changeover right now. Are we in the midst of not just a handoff from one great champion to whoever's next, but really a, is this going to be the Leon Edwards era? What a trajectory, too, because the guy was, there was a point, I don't know what his win streak got to, but there was a point where you're like, will he ever even get a title shot? It was sort of like the Benil Dariush thing where you're like, I don't know if he'll ever get there. And then 
Like, yeah, they it. might have to give they it to may him never, He may never get it. And he ends up getting it, wins dramatically, backs it up like you said. Now here he is in a situation where you could say, if he wins, he might be the best British fighter that we've ever had, right? I mean, like, you go from a guy who was behind the eight ball to that, where we were, I know we were debating maybe last year if Bisping should be in the Hall of Fame. We are doing this whole, this guy just kind of, like, kept going and keeps beating these guys. And when you really look at statistically and go back and watch the, the, the third Usman fight, I guess, in the end, but the last Usman fight, the way he won that fight and just picked apart, like, you know, the, first, the, the second time where he was down 10 minutes of control time, this time five, yeah. outstriking him. I mean, the economy strikes, it was something like 75% of his strikes. He was better it was just, category. He was a sniper. Was, yeah. And then you kind of look at the, the Colby thing, and you're like, okay, this should be interesting given their styles. But I, I really think that this is Leon's story in the end. It's a very strange turn of events, and, uh, well, and here say, we are. I, I would say Colby's not had an era as uh, anything other than a big-time and, and relevant, but B-side. Yes. He's been a relevant B-side. Kamaru did have a moment. Kamaru really yeah. did have a moment 100%. where he was the guy. He was pound-for-pound pound king. That matters. Sure. And you know, this crazy undefeated streak in the comparisons to St. Pierre became quite common, whether they were fair or not. So he really did have a moment. But the point I wanted yeah. to make was, that was the Leon was maybe the guy kind of waiting in the wings to come and, and then right. sweep that era away as he, who was going to replace them? Old age and then, and then who? I did not know Leon Edwards was probably going to be that guy, right. but it seems like he is poised to do so. I think sometimes the guys like that build something in their scaffolding during that rise because they're not getting the recognition. This was a guy that was booed in his home country during the Darren Till fight when he was like, why am I not getting loved like Darren Till? Mm -hmm. They were booing him in his home country. For him to kind of turn it around and end up in this position where I think vicariously the you know uh, his, his town in England, like they got behind him. It's a blue-collar town where there's not a ton of hope in this place, and I feel like all of a sudden he's opened the doors there. The U.K. is behind him. I feel like the uh, American public, at least the, the diehard fans, have paid attention to his story. It's just a, it's a crazy turnaround, but I do wonder if that chip on his shoulder keeps it shined, you know, and he says every time he goes into these fights, you know what I mean? Like, GSP yeah. had that. He lost that original fight, and it was like he just never went complacent. He never went complacent. I feel like Edwards it, is in that space a little bit. It's not just that Edwards was overlooked. When he got the two-piece in, in change and a side of fries from Masvidal, like, he got punked. He never got rebuttal. And Masvidal ended up packaging that and parlaying that with the incredible knockout of Askren to essentially steal his right. spot in terms of momentum in the rankings and in the title picture. That led because of Masvidal's name for him to get two chances, obviously, because the first one was last minute. Remember what happened there. But it all helped in the delaying of Edwards finally getting his moment and why sometimes as an aggressive American fight fan and journalist do I dismiss across <laughs> both sports the British at times and don't take them seriously. Well, it was hard to take them seriously after that <laughs> Masvidal incident. True or false? Like, uh, it, you're right. like he got the worst end of it, but he it was as if Masvidal was able to lap him without actually fighting him even though he actually... Case, but that was also the day that Masvidal knocked out Darren Till. Right. right. So what I'm saying is that set him back. And then the Nate Diaz close-up, which was supposed to be Edward's chance right. to he show us how great he is. He almost loses it. Point. The Bilal fight, where did no contest, right? right. So it was no, sort of like, yep. it's one constant, you know, one step forward, two steps back. So the fact that he through all of that came around and is able to have this moment now all through truly one shows you how great he had to be. I mean, to he's going to lose off. a decision. We're like a couple minutes from him losing a decision, and we're not even talking about it, Leon anymore. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and he gets that head kick. So it's just he, a crazy He was story. going to be the guy from the first fight, which was just another guy right. in Kamaru's story. Exactly. So here's my question about the story of this card and this main event. Is the story about this Leon finally getting his due now that he's the A-side against someone who's designed to be the trash-talking B-side? 
or are we overlooking the potential trap fight elements of what the Colby Covington <laughs> does at his best? We, we, we generally and do this. Do we have reason to once again downplay Leon's potential here and go, well, actually, if Colby can hold him down for X amount of time, what right. do you think about that? Uh, I, I want to say this about Leon. I, uh, he was a guy I didn't na naturally always respect it when you would watch his fights against Gunnar Nelson, when you would watch all the guys he fought. You could tell this is a skilled operator. This is an experienced fighter. He is good. He knows what he's doing. But to me, it wasn't till the second and third Kumar Usman fights that something yeah. grew out of him. Something yeah. he shed like a skin and became a much, not just an overall better technician, it, it, he really leveled up with that. But his competitive mindset and the confidence driving him really seemed to change. He turned a major corner with that rivalry and became something There's a stat new. from that. He landed 33 more strikes throwing 44 less blows wow. which is crazy that is and that crazy. i mean his percentage is just it's sniper level right. like the way he looked in that last fight that's why when you look at the colby fight you, you can point out what colby does well but now i'm looking at what does leon do well and how does right. colby come at that and so know? this is the interesting question that bc raised which is you know how, what's the appropriate angle to view this fight it really depends it depends on whether or not you think leon edwards is that guy to come and be like i'm going to wash away the old rivalries anew yeah. Or you think Colby has been biding his time, biding his time, fought two times in 2019, once in 2020, crazy. once in 2021, once in 2022, <laughs> and this is going to be once in 2023, right? He's been very inactive, waiting just for the right time. And getting it. Right, exactly. And, they, and this time it had to get to the almost egregious level, right? They had, the company yeah. had to oh, really time say... Out. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so we can just talk about Colby here a little bit now. Okay. All right. So, look, it was egregious to a large degree of the efforts the UFC went to give Colby this title shot. <laughs> but where a couple years, it feels like, almost removed from this Jorge Masvidal pay-per-view main event win the last time we saw him, where do we expect Colby to be? Aging in his late 30s. Because here's the deal. The, the, the knee-jerk casual fan of me goes... Well, if Edwards didn't get dominated by Usman's wrestling in the rematch when he had a second right. time and a second, I'm sorry, the trilogy, which is their title rematch, which if, if he had even more time to know what Edwards can do and go back to his strength and still Usman couldn't overtake him with that, how is Colby going to go overtake him unless there's an evolution of Colby's striking right. game in the long time off that we don't see coming? Is that possible? Old dog, new tricks. Is it possible that Colby's going to surprise us? Or Edwards is going to be ready for this wrestling attack. I mean, both things. I, I think he's going to be ready for whatever he brings in there. But at the same time, there's a little bit, man. When Colby gets rolling, like really gets into a flow with his like pressure striking and just moving forward and just winging, it's, cra it's pretty crazy. It's like he's blitzing for 15 or 25 minutes in this case if he's able to get by with that. That Robbie Lawler fight, remember, like just it was like 180 strikes he landed on him in that 15-minute that or whatever it was. It's just crazy when he gets rolling like that. I just don't know if he'll be able to find that kind of rhythm. I think you got. I'm is, surprised that like that that people have confidence in Colby. I get that. Yeah. I get that. But that after watching the second Usman fight, you can be like, oh, Edwards is just going to get run over. Word. I don't. I just don't understand how you could be like crazy confident in Colby, given what like he's there's up against. A, there's. This has been ongoing since we've covered the sport. Like yeah. the people who like wrestling and really think that they, that that can be the dictation and the, the donks, game. I call yeah, them. yes, the donks. The he doesn't or, or the donks. pro wrestling. No, <laughs> but when they can dictate the space like that and get donks you down too. and hold you down, yeah. people tend to think like they're always going to have an advantage against a striker with a primary striker, right? So this has been ongoing. I just think that it doesn't. I don't think it works in this case. You know. 
No, I guess I don't understand. No, I'm saying a lot of people believe that wrestlers, really proven wrestlers, guys who can get you down and kind of hold you down, they'll have an advantage against a striker, like yes. a guy like mm -hmm. this. And that, that, that therefore, they, that's how they envision it. It's oh, a I simplistic yes. way to look this at it. This is a but different I, Leon, though. Yeah. But this is a different Leon. That's this is saying. an evolved it's, it's, Leon. It's one of those things that I think it's an evolved. The people who really have paid attention probably have the better evolved idea of why Leon should be able to dictate the fight. You know what I mean? It's just... He's evolved, but the sport has evolved as well. Colby Covington currently sitting at 35 years of age, BC. He'll be 36, I think, in February. So he's almost there, right around the corner. But he's only fought in these very, you know, minimalist times. That's time. what I'm saying. What, sh what the hell could we expect from him? A dramatic leveling up in a striking. Yeah, I think you're going to get what you've been getting with him. I like, think so. Too. The guy in the Masvidal fight, probably something pretty similar-ish so to that. So this does feel like... Let's be very fair, the feeling we had heading into the second Usman Masvidal fight, right? Yeah. Because it's different in the second Usman Covington fight because Covington was so close in that first one yeah. and did outstrike him on the feet and they never took the fight to the ground like we expected. So there was some need. If we remember, nobody wanted to see Usman Masvidal too. It was all about, well, he's only getting this because. <laughs> Colby is right now only getting this because. What did what did Masvidal come in there? He came in there, gave a decent effort, got freaking laid out with one punch by Usman. Are we prepared or expecting at all that this could be pretty one-way traffic from Edwards in a striking display of excellence and that that's really, no. at the end of the day, what this is about, no. getting his brand to the next level and using what's left of Colby on the transaction. Colby the even got Usman down. Uh, so did uh, Leon. Yeah. Leon's gotten him down too. But Colby got him down. Uh, there will be moments, no doubt in my mind, Edwards is going to be fighting off the takedown for long stretches like... I don't see how you can imagine a world where Same. that doesn't happen. I agree. Colby's um, going to get eaten alive on the field as long as it lasts. There's a danger, too, to like the way you're talking. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was the Sean Strickland. I mean, I just look back yeah, to the exactly. previous time. We talk about these guys, and we're like, I just right. don't see it. I don't see how this is going to happen. No, no. I mean, here's the, <laughs> right, here's the case for Colby. The, the case for yeah. Colby is that even at, at roughly just shy of 36, he's going to have great cardio. Yeah. His game, like, for the people say, well, he's not been active, which is true. But he's not really trying to change his game, right? I mean, he wants to get better over time. But he's not trying to be, like, the most well-rounded fighter yeah. he can possibly be. If he had switched brands from Trump to DeSantis, that would have showed us a <laughs> Yes, that would have been more of a switch. <laughs> the, the wrinkle. But the thing is this. He's got a formula. Yeah. And he sticks to the formula. He tweaks it a little bit. He adds a little bit here or there. But he's got a formula. He doesn't need to be as active as other fighters for that reason. The case for Leon is that, as I mentioned previously, if you go back to the, the especially that third Kamaru fight, the level of takedown defense is extraordinary. Right. And... That's going to be a stiff resistance for a guy like Colby, but Colby has, you know. He handles himself so, so well, too. Guys become champions sometimes, and how they handle themselves, you pay attention to, and a lot of times those guys will lose their titles. I just feel like he's stayed out of the thing. You know, you, the whole Ian Gary thing that was going on, I feel like he protects his gym. I feel like he he's holding himself up. It's just weird. I feel Are like you he's saying just, this is a matured Colby Covington? No, I'm, I'm saying that uh, Leon. I'm saying oh, Leon man. is like just he's got like something about his uh, – demeanor that I like like it just seems like he's not putting you know even if we want to start to praise him he's not doing that I think he's just confident and he's a very even killed guy well who just the Rocky nickname way. like actually works it actually for him fits. it does it's I think exactly. we had this discussion because I was like you've never had a guy with a closer Rocky story than That's he's a actually great had. point it's yeah. a great point well in any case um I had more of like a Rocco story <laughs> Court is in session. And hey, we are drinking, by the way, Moscow Mules brought to us by Salt Point. Oh, they good. Nice. Luke is drinking his own sweat. Use some ice, but it's okay. Urine I'm drinking urine. Yeah. I'm drinking urine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you never had the, the Cannibal Corpse one? 
I have actually. I think. Do you think we can get Chuck to do a shot of it? Dude, Slurricane, strong enough to start an engine, man. I mean, nothing is. The label kind of tells you everything right here. I decide. I will say this about the. You know, I don't drink much anymore, but I will say that the the Tiger Thick, little on the sweet side. Little on the sweet side. Good though. Okay, since we ask, since we ask a lot of you on this segment, not just to allow yourself to get cut off so often, but really to answer the tough questions, the hard questions. All right. If you got an opportunity to do like a long form expose and, and feature on Coach Craig Jones, but he said you must enter no Spears country to do it, would you take the, <laughs> would you would you take the risk? You know I would do I mean? anything so long as it doesn't compromise. Have you, how many time. times have you paid for sex? Because you went into a Turkish uh, Dude, I uh, asked a buddy of mine that the other night. A Turkish bathhouse. His answer was a couple dozen. Oh my god. A couple dozen. Because you follow Douglas Crosby into a Turkish bathhouse. So you'll go to extremes. Russian. Russian, Russian not not just because he was in a hurry, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You go where the story is. We have to move the, the conversation along, but it's a decent segue into the co main a oh, little really? bit here. Yeah. Crosby, Which is Raw Dog, Brandon Royville is back. Taking on a man. Taking on a man. Nickname, right? Yeah. Who had a lot to prove in this last fight in Alexandre Pantoja, the flyweight champion. But let's start with the Raw Dog side, only because I wanted to use it as a segue. BC, you spoke to Brandon Roy. Yes. This is his second crack at this gentleman. <laughs> he lost before he was stopped. What do you know about Brandon Royville? Who is he? Tell the audience. Imagine they, of course they know, but imagine they don't. Who is this? It kid? turns out the, the way I've been framing him the last few years is actually correct. And here's the idea. <laughs> Brandon Royville is a two-way finisher. He's a great submission expert. He loves to brawl, loves to knock, has knockout punches. But he fell far too much in love in certain parts of his initial rise with being that crowd-pleasing badass, which getting himself into those wars. And it had dramatic finishes. It also had a couple dramatic finish losses in succession as well. The rebirth that he has felt since losing his last fight, which happened to be against Pantoja, who's now champion, is because he's taken it more serious. Like Gaethje, who made right. that same great adjustment after losing to Alvarez and Poirier. Same city, isn't it? Like right, where you turn, <laughs> you turn back a little bit of the recklessness, but you don't do it to the level where you sacrifice the danger. And now what you have is a stone-cold killer, a, a guy who goes in there with plan and intention and can still mm. deliver it, can get a little bit dirty and hairy, can lure you into the same type of, let's just say, chaos, but is finding out how to swim better within that chaos, knowing that this division is hot potato right now, and in a lot of ways, right, post-Henry post, post Cejudo, it's been kind of hot potato in that regard. Yeah. Anyone can win this. He is fully capable of winning this, especially wow. since we have a champion who, while impressive in doing it, had to just bite down to get there, right? Had to endure like crazy. For a guy that's kind of known as a submission expert, Pantoja yeah. went in there and just brawled his way to a title. He's a little bit older, too. It's a rematch. Live dog, but live raw dog, yeah. if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> how much, how much has he told you he hates condoms? So that's the thing. I did not expect to interview him. Have you ever interviewed him? I've never had as a As a fellow Colorodian, as you would yeah, say, right? Yeah. I am a Colorodian. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, he was so hilarious and was so prepared for MK style of humor and had so many one-liner comebacks that I'm like, MK approved. Let's get him in. Nice. Let's get him on the couch with Billy Q and Steamrolla oh and Sean Brady, and we can and Kiesa, and we'll bro out like, apparently white guy style. But uh, that's just the way. It's just the way the hand <laughs> was dealt. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're we probably on something cool. Tell yeah. me about Brandon. He said he's a live raw dog. Where so here's the deal. He, he is condoms. He is feeling that point that he knows it's coming together now. This is his time, which is cliche, but it, it's the whole idea, Luke, of just turning it back just enough, not not fighting for the fans, fighting for yourself. And look at that difference. And right now, really, my, there just might be a parting of the seas where it actually is his time. Am I talking Maybe. out of my ass? How much do you give him a chance on Saturday? Um, <laughs> it's a tough fight. 
Pantoja's already beaten him. Pantoja's a finisher. He's got excellent back attacks. That's kind of what he's famous for. Although, as we've seen, he could do a lot more than that, it turns out. So here's the problem. It's like Royville's game is a little bit built on quick draw, quick draw, kind of lure you into mistakes as they go from attack in a, in a consistent chain over time. But against Pantoja, who's got better like fundamental jiu-jitsu, although Royville's jiu-jitsu is good, but Pantoja's a little bit better, that game just doesn't work on right. those guys. It just doesn't work on those guys. So much of it. I mean, he leads, he's up there in, like, submission attempts, you know? Yes. And so much of that won't work. That's what I. That's my only thing. I'm like, I don't know if you're going to get Pantoja that way. Um, but we'll see. Well, he's I mean, got a level up to win the championship here, but we just saw Saryukian against Kiryush. I mean, just go to another level than, like, is, I think, here's my question. Is Royville of that same ilk where if, when and if he can put it all together, does he already have the tools to be great and be a champion? I think yes. I do I think. I think he's got a chance if he contradicts his tape. Because if you go watch his tape, you're going to be like, oh, well, this is, this is what we got to do, right? But if he is actually evolving and he's doing what you said, how you set this up, I think he's got a better chance. Yeah. I'm still favoring Pantoja. I mean, I could have misread the interview and he's just having a lot of unprotected <laughs> sex and that's why he has that nickname and it's just going to be that's reckless. probably what happened, but, you know. Like, Yo, fuck Con. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I will say, though, you're right about the division at 125. It's... Yeah. The Moreno was a mainstay, even winning or losing. It was the Figueredo stuff. Then he had this fight. Now he's going to have a different path here later. But this yeah. fight has been, or excuse me, this division has been really fun, Chuck. It's yeah. not been, we've not been lacking for entertainment. 100%. But there's not a guy there That's that we true. can say is the guy. And it's kind of crazy in this division, like the big knock on it when they were trying to get rid of it back in the day. Look at this guy going for it. Back in the day when they were trying to cut it off and, and we're not going to have flyweight. Um, was that there weren't a lot of finishes. It was like, if it's fast action, but people weren't expecting finishes per se, and now you get guys, I think, six of seven fights for Royville have been a finish. Either he's going, it's feast or famine, right? Like, he's either going out or he's winning it, and, uh, and you put that in the Pantoja's had a bunch of finishes. I feel like that, that this is a fun one in that sense. It's going to be a, a fun, but I agree with you guys. I think it's, it's, it's like the light heavyweight back in the day, before John Jones, where it was like one guy would get it, mm -hmm. next guy would get it, and that guy would beat him. Remember that? So... Mm -hmm. I feel like we might be in that space right now. Does so I, I think that that of, could happen for that reason. Does this division remind you of college at all? <laughs> Flyweights? <laughs> Finishes just oh. left and right, right? Just, just, you know what I mean? There's a guy named Raw Dog in the title fight. It's like, been there, lived that life, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Man. That was a little... That, that wasn't, was, that wasn't you losing know what they, you know, in your car <laughs> does not count. You know what they used to call that coital roulette where I come from, you know? Well, what? I just made that up on the fly. That's oh, what, can, I was going to say that's, you can bring that's that back to your that's own Naga Naga Tuck talk, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I was born in a factory town. You know. Pantoja here joins us after the Moreno fight when he had this like haunting moment after his fight where he looked in the camera and asked his, I guess, somewhat oh, yeah. estranged father, uh, not totally as I understand oh, yeah. it, but somewhat estranged. Are you proud of me now? And I. That one shook me. It's yeah. not often this point where I can see violence right. or hear someone just say something in yeah. the English language 100%. so simple and it just rock you to your core. That one got me. That's that true. one got me God. like big time. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what you made of that, what it did to you. It sounds like you had a similar experience to me. I was yeah, because I wasn't exactly I, disturbed. I was so deeply saddened. Well, it was it. deeply saddening and it was just out of nowhere because I didn't know his story. Nobody really knew that what was going on. And sometimes you see a performance like that and you're like, man, he really dug deep. For him to follow it up with something like that was like, whoa, uh, what's been going on? 
But I think that that's, it's almost literary because you're like, you know, you're looking at like fathers and sons or something where a guy like shows up and he's saying something like that. That's a pretty profound thing. Mm. That that opens up a lot of layers, doesn't it? Like yeah. you hear something Mark like Kriegel that. Mark Kriegel of Top Rank ESPN would love to write a father-son feature about this story. That right would be here, the perfect you know? guy actually for that. But uh, yeah, I, I had the same thing. I think that's a very powerful thing. I mean, obviously father-son dynamics and this guy's in there fighting and he's telling you something about his story, the heart of his story, without telling you the rest. Yeah. There's something about that. I wish really he was crazy. like, wasn't easy to be a scared white boy in a black neighborhood. Yeah, leave it to the white guy to do karaoke <laughs> over the Brazilian guy's life stories. Here's where I'm nervous just, just paving right over it. Here's where I'm, on, I want to say something. No, no, I'm nervous for Pantoja and his title reign. Do you want me to tell you why? Tell me why. The way that he won it was so... A little bit out of character, right? Because we know him as a submission expert, and how he won it was essentially by outwilling Moreno, by buying, yeah. biting down more on the mouthpiece, by willing to take. He's become a better striker over time. True, but this was not even about striking; it was about chin and will. So what I'm saying is, he may have poured it all out in sure. the biggest night of his career. And I'm not right. calling him a Buster Douglas moment, but I'm using that as an example to say the Buster Douglas that been. beat Mike Tyson a week after his mom died was going to be a different version of him than any other. I just worry for him when we're already in a division that has a hot potato title and there's so much parody and anybody can win and everybody's dangerous. You're in your mid-30s, right? What is he, about 34, 35? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. He just absolutely poured the jug out and gave everything that was deep That's inside. That's a good point. Pulling from the, the, literally pulling from his father not loving him war, too, or being man. there from, like literally pulling the deepest level of emotion possible. And your reward. Like then you get once. You right. don't get that all the time. You, you know? Can you pour yeah. that out exactly the same way again and have that same buy-in, that same emotional and toughness? Or what about the toll on that? And now you're fighting just another hungry guy who's looking to do the same thing. Make everything right in their career in one night. I just, knowing how Royville's a Did Royville ever say in his words what went wrong against Pantoja the first time? He did, and I don't have it in terms of memory, but he looks back at it as sort of like that was the last stop on the old journey when I was doing things mm, wrong, and that that, la that loss essentially made me wake up to, to I what I need, where I needed to be, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't think this fight, though, is setting the fans on fire. Like, <laughs> well, I mean... I understand that. Yeah. I, I hate even bringing this up with the flyweights because it's so old at yeah. this point. Everyone kind of gets it. But this is not a star attraction. This is done to make the fight card yeah. better. It's certainly going to add a lot of... I mean, be, It could not be a main event. Unless it was a, right. a you know a fight night, fight night yeah. Uh, and Royville is going to make it exciting. Pantoja, I certainly we know he is he's he's great for it too. I don't have any concerns about the fight, but if we're looking at how it's built, this is the one that's adding quality, but not any star quantity. I think yeah. you would agree. Yes, yes, I agree with that. 100%. I would agree with you. Yeah. All right, which takes us. But now. at least it's better than uh, Pennington versus. Um, oh boy. Uh, bueno Silva. Bueno Silva, Bueno Silva. Not a great, not a great title fight. Is that on this card, too? No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's uh, not a main That's event. in the new year. That's in the new that's year. That's in Toronto. They got lucky. Sorry, Canadians. Poor Toronto. Poor Calgary. Cold in the winter. Yeah. Cold <laughs> in the winter. Uh, which takes us to this next fight on this card, which just makes me the happiest man oh, alive. You love, you love, you love this, dude. It is the return of my personal hero. Wow. Shavkat Rachmanov is back, ladies and gentlemen. 17-0. 17 fights. 17 wins, 17 finishes. It's all he knows. He is taking on Wonderboy, Stephen Thompson. Now, of course, we know you've got a welterweight title fight in the main event, and now you've got Rachmanov versus Wonderboy. I mean, could the UFC set this up any clearer? They've got the fight on the same card, same division. Rachmanov, who is a fucking destroyer of worlds against this old name that everybody loves, who's 40, basically, <laughs> 
It's a number one contender fight, is it not? I think so. And it almost feels like Wonder Boy must have really rubbed the UFC the wrong way yeah. with that whole thing because I don't know how you end up in this spot, man. Even though, like, you're like, oh, if you get through him, you know, you might have a title. This is. He's like, I know they only won one fight. Let's see who it is. I know. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. playing it up like, you know, yeah. it's just a guy I didn't even know who he was. Start paying attention. He's good. But I'm like, dude, this is the guy we've all seen coming for a long time. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see how he handles this. But, you know, you look at Wonder Boy, he's what? He's going to be 41 in February. You know, he's no, I mean, that, you can don't, the Wonder Boy nickname now at this point feels a little funny. No, Wonder you know? Man, please. Wonder Man. <laughs> but it, this is, oh, sorry, go ahead. But I, but I mean, it's, it's, you're, that's a tough, tough task for him. Dude, what, let me, serious question. Serious question. Yeah. What makes Shavkat Rachmanov awesome? What makes him awesome? Uh, that he wears the head of dead animals that he killed <laughs> on his own head, the fur of them. Um, that makes him awesome. It, it's, now, he did have that one question fight, right? The Jeff Neal fight. The Jeff yeah. Neal fight, which turned out to be interesting. In what way? Because he was, he was he getting was a little getting reckless a little and getting well, up on that. But, but he ultimately he, took control of that fight in the end. But I mean, overall, he, he finished has, him I know, with yeah. this kind of bulldog yeah. choke from the side like this yeah. and then had to wrap his legs to hold him. Even if he's not looked at in a one-strike power sense as a Triple G Gennady Golovkin, he has a Golovkin-like ability good, to show, yeah. efficiently execute in the most violent and powerful way possible. His mind is way ahead of even the <laughs> spectacular control that he puts it. out and does it. So in that, when I know he has that backbone, that special backbone that happens to come a lot in that region of the world for sure, but you can, it can show up anywhere, but he has it, dude. He has the it's, it's like Charles Bronson. But he's like a hitman, right? Like he just shows up. He doesn't really have expressions. Yes. Like he just goes yes. in there and does his job, and every time you're like, damn. And oh, by the way, he seems to smile through pain. What did you think about this? Earlier today, and it already aired live on Morning Combat, but we had Sean Brady, yes. a welterweight contender on here, and I asked him, saying, when you look at the styles of this division and who's out there, is there one fighter that's the worst style matchup? Meaning, who's going to do the best job at shutting down what you do great? And, right, and he was like, yeah, Shafkat Rachmaninoff. Right. Like, so that that's basically telling you that people are starting to look at him yeah. as the truest boss at the end of the video game, the badass, the one who will probably be champion soon. So if you're Wonderboy Thompson and you're you know, into betting, whatever, like, what do you do? What is possible here for Wonderboy? Is the best case scenario that you lose a competitive decision? Is that the best case scenario? Well, I want to get to that in just a second, but to, just to finish up on Shavkat, you know, we mentioned it before, 17 fights, 17 wins, 17 finishes. What, in the OC, like six or something? Uh, something like that. Five I think he's only had, in the whole course of his career, only two fights even go to the third round, of yeah. course, winning both of them by stoppage. He's just a murderer, an absolute murderer in the best case possible. And he's got interesting <laughs> evolutions about him, too. Like, he's real good in the clinch with throws. He's got good wrestling. Yeah. He's got an interesting style of ground and pound where he doesn't follow them to the ground. He kind of bends over at the waist. He's, and they, and they don't know what's coming or going. Right. And it feels him. like he's inventing new strategies yeah, as he's point. implementing them. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yes. may be the guy that takes us a little bit closer to the and next level. Of the to evolution. the point you raised about the Jeff Neal fight, which did be like, well, he got tuned up a little bit there on the feet. A, he persevered. It B, a disaster, yeah. he turned out he could take a shot like it was that's nobody's what, that's business. That's the thing that it told me. Right. He and, could take the and, shot, and was too. hungry yeah. for the yeah. business. Hungry. It's like Chimaev yeah. against Gilbert, where it's like you wouldn't have written it that way, that it went that way, right. but at least you got to show yeah. us exactly who he is, and you're right. like, okay, still that dude. It's like absolute just, what I mean. point to as a weakness of his so far? So he would walk into range and get yeah. lit up and stuff like that, and it's like you can do that in your late 20s. You're not going to be able to do that <laughs> for much longer, and especially against yeah. some of the guys. Like Leon Edwards will set your ass on fire for that if you just walk into range on him, right? So there's stuff like that, but in terms of like the special qualities, he's got the it factor times a 1,000 to your point, even though he doesn't speak English. Right. He just looks the part. 
do you really believe that? You kind of joked about it, but I wonder if you really believe about it. Like, how Wonderboy found himself in this position, supposed to have a fight, it fell through, The his opponent missed weight. Yeah. Uh, it was Michelle Pereira. Right. And he didn't want to take the fight, so... There was this whole big media cycle about whether he was going to get paid, should he get paid. <laughs> right. Same thing that happened to Tony Ferguson in one of the Khabib fights. I was there for cover when he had to, when he was cutting weight and he missed it. It's uh, kind of crazy to think Wonder Boy getting punished for any reason, but the UFC is a little a little strange in how they conduct. We've seen stuff like this before. I really believe that Wonder Boy has a name, and he's up there where the rank you know in the rankings they can justify if if Shavkat's able to go through him, you could give him the title shot. I think it's all that. You could take mm -hmm. his juice. It's a, it's a good matchup for him. It's all of that stuff. But I do think that there had to have been a little bit of something there for, for Wonderboy to draw this card. I mean, here's, that's, the, here's, just the thing. here's the thing I come back to. It's like every time we have one of these fights, I'm always like, okay, what does it mean for if X wins? And then what right. does it mean if it Y wins? And it's like I'm not saying it wouldn't be great for Wonderboy if he beat Shavkat Rachmanov. Oh, but clearly, this is all set up for Rachmanov to right. push him 100%. out of the way that's exactly right. and then move to the front of the line. And so you're like you're even wondering what – what would it mean for Rachmanov to lose against a near, or basically a 40-year-old BC? It'd be, it'd be a fucking disaster. Yeah, be, I mean, could you repair it and come back around That'd again? Yes, but he's at a point right now where it's the timing is right. The momentum is there. He's shown us enough of who he might really be. That That's why we have to have the realest of real conversations and the kind of talk again that only men do, and that's why we do it here. Is If I asked either of you who's going to be the welterweight champion in one year from now, I could almost guarantee that your answer is either going to be Shavkat or Leon Edwards, right? Because yeah. let's give Leon his credit. He's within, I think I have him like number four pound for pound in the world right now. He's quite good. The way that yes. it went down that way. That's same with us, yeah. How much stock would you put into the, the chance that a year from now, instead, the champion could be Bilal or Jack Della Maddalena or Sean Brady or... Islam Mahachev, is there any mm. chance that it's not wow. Leon or Shavkat a year from now? What Good do you guys question. think about that? Those are some rough customers, but man, I think that it is. I think it really does come down to those two guys. I think so. I mean, especially, I think, yeah, especially I, Shavkat. I just think that he's that guy. I think, I think the kind of fight that Volk gave Islam the first time, but he lost, I think Makachev could give Shavkat something like that but lose. Right. You know what I mean? That's yes. Interesting. But like, who's the guy? Who's gonna? Who's the guy it. you look at? If Le if Leon can stop Colby's attacks, and so then you're like, well, Colby's wrestling game won't right. work at the top anymore. Uh, then you go to Shafkat. If he wins, who would you pinpoint as the guy to beat him? I guess you could say De La Maddalena. Right. Uh, but you know, a you would want to see it, and more to the point, like how are they gonna attack each other in the clinch? You're like, yeah, there's there's real intrigue yeah. about how yeah. it will go. Yeah. But there's nobody you're like, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy that's gonna beat his ass. Do you think he would have been that if, guy in prison who's like fresh meat on a Sunday night when like the new Definitely. the new just <laughs> serving up your butt? <laughs> the new bitches come in, yeah. face down, yeah. ass up yeah. every time. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. First thing I do I is, say. is make him toss my salad. Right? <laughs> well, 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 last yeah. last thing on this, if I may, with jelly. Okay, stop. Talk about eating your ass. <laughs> he ratchets it up for these shows. That's he does. Uh, we were talking about what Leon might be doing if, yeah. he's in, if he ends up beating Colby, ushering out that old era. Shafkat would be helping him in right. beating Wonderboy. They would yes. both be kind of yes. showing them well, that's, the door. That's the idea, right? right? You ever talk to Joe Silva back in the day, and he would yes. talk about this very thing. He's like, you're always priming the guys to come up and take those guys' spots. That's the whole thing. It just keeps the cycle going. That's what they want to happen. Right. If Colby somehow wins, though, and Shafkat wins... I don't see Colby fighting Shafgat anytime soon. Oh, the promotion would make him in a second. I mean, it would he be. You say no. But, the, but I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff. Okay, I, but the I feel like that's always the tricky side. The transitional 
not a lengthy champion, the transitional champion, which would, one, allow the title to go back to the White House, but two, right, or something like that. <laughs> but two, uh, it would allow uh, an opportunity to say, okay, well, who's next? We will use Colby to put them over, and that would be Shavkat. Unless, Maybe. again, unless Jack goes on some kind of insane Colby's calendar a... year next year, unless Sean Brady keeps elevating to next levels, or unless Islam gets his shot, which is why it brought him into the conversation. I don't know. I mean, it yeah. is the hot thing to do right now to become a champ champ or at least try to become that. It's back being the hot thing to do. I'm again. exhausted by it, though, to be honest. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Dude, <laughs> uh, this is a, a different event, but we're. I saw Drickus Duplessis, who's going to be fighting uh, Sean know. Strickland. I saw this. Drickus Duplessis, again, he might win. I'm not suggesting he won't win, but as it stands today, he is not the champion. Right. And he was already talking it's about a, becoming like so double tough. champ yeah, if yeah. he beat Sean Strickland. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you down with DDP? I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Now for the ladies, right? All right. So now we get to the sad end of the card, or at least the um, the. Is this a Ferguson reference? Yeah. This well, not just that. Like the next two fights okay. are, are they're both good fights. Speaking or of sad, fights. do you know he got hit on at the train station this morning? Did, yeah. Right? yeah. You know what yeah. the lady said? What? That that Luke has. <laughs> <laughs> Body for days. Body for oh, days. Wow. Yeah. That can be taken Yo, a lot of if, different ways. If though. RJ Gangbanger does not make a body, uh, the number four, D-A-Y-Z t-shirt right now, right? Dude, that is a good shirt. Yeah, yeah. With uh, loose glasses she was, around She was him. a big fan. She was wow. a big fan. Wow. Um, you know what she thought? That it's possible that he's not just a regular honky, that there might be like some Armenian blood in there, which means he might have himself a Jeff Hawn. Oh, you know what I'm saying? He might have like. I'm mistake you for a furry. <laughs> furry conventions are fun. Have you been to one? <laughs> I was at the UFC in Pittsburgh. The hotel had a furry convention going on while we were there. I'm sorry, what? The UFC in Pittsburgh. Was this was the Mark Mark one? Can yeah, you explain Mark what Mark. a furry convention is? We've done this before. I feel like we've talked about furries before. It, it, you can explain basically. it very simply. It's like you're almost touching him. This is like an early furries, episode. Furries, 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 furries are furries are, furries are sexual losers. I mean, let's just call them up there. <laughs> what are they? No, what are they? So they, they cover up in a costume, right? And then they're they, people who dress up as like uh, furry animals and stuff then either. have sex. They get they are, they experience eroticism through that. Yes, yeah, yes. He's like. See, as low as I think purchasing OnlyFans of active (laughs) fighters is, and I don't do it, I would rather do that than this furry bullshit, you know what I mean? Yes, that's big of you. Okay, anyway, furry gets fights. Yes, we're trying to find about furry. I mean, the difference between Mr. Hebos and myself is that he has Emily Whitmire right here, Luke, okay? (laughs) For the rest of his life, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you don't want to know what I'm about to say. What is in session? Oh, man. All right, go ahead. Fuck face. You fuck face. Fuck face. Stop. So. We're talking about Tony Ferguson taking on Patty Pimblett. Speaking of all these fights of yeah. one generation being tasked with taking out the next one, here we are. Such a weird one. What do I even ask you about this fight? It is they are giving Patty a fight, which by the way, folks have noted, hey, I don't hate this fight. It's winnable for right. Tony. Fair enough. It is yeah, winnable for Tony. I suppose. It would okay. We, we, by the way, we don't actually know that, but I have a better question. It's a reason okay, it's well, just one second. It's a reasonable, it's a reasonable thought. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels so nakedly like, yeah. yo, go kill this guy right. off for yeah, us. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God, right? Because he won't stop asking us for fights. Just go take care of him, please. It does feel like that, honestly. I mean, I was thinking about this. Who's the comparison? Like, what have we seen that's like a Ferguson? The closest I could come up with was maybe BJ Penn, but he had like an eight-year reign of losing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like, oh, it was like. him up to Yair? That yes, got gross. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. it, it felt like that a little bit. You know, you're like, oh, man, BJ, what are you doing, man? Like, we, we remember all these days. And that's why Ferguson is crazy, because he had so many, such a long run of, like, 
being this guy in that division who you're like, you know, had a cult of personality type thing. And now here he is at this stage, and it does feel like that, 100%. The last couple of fights have been like, please, no more from Tony Ferguson. Here we are still doing it. And okay, but here's it's just, what's it's weird, tough. is that we're rightfully going to the Ferguson age and how much is left, and is this sneaky, really good matchmaking or just <laughs> an inevitable setup for something really sad to Never happen? Sneaky good. But what's tied to this and no one's talking about enough is that in the great scheme of pro wrestling labels of babyface and heel, which you do need to identify who somebody is in the overall sense of pay-per-view marketing and character buildup, Patty became an undeniable heel after he won his most yeah. recent fight when nobody thought he should have won. And he was already on the verge of being overexposed through the Molly Meatball, Dave Portnoy crossover and the running around the cage. And it was, you know, it's like at what some point, area? yeah, at some point you got to get in there and actually win <laughs> a big fight and let the critical side of your job yeah. allow you to, to change your perception. But the only perception we have is that he got a win he didn't deserve. He's been off a while. He had the thing with Ariel. Like, there's a lot of BS. Yeah. What's going to happen if Patty does what he's telling the media right. he hopes is going to happen, which is that this fight is a war, a point, and though. he just, just knocks like, yeah, Tony the fuck here? out? <laughs> what does Patty, not, like, knocking out and potentially retiring Tony do to a brand that people just can't wait to see him lose and finally... He's right. almost like where Adrian Broner was before right. the Maidana fight, where you're like, I just can't wait to see this guy finally get solved. Yeah, it's throwing gasoline on the fire, really. I mean, just, honestly, it really So is. he becomes like a pariah from that, or I what? don't know, man. No. It's like, I don't know how this... Like, if he goes in and just starches Tony Ferguson and, and, you know, handles the mic the way he's been doing and stuff, I don't... It'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out, but he's already got such a strange like he i felt like he was doing all the right things and then suddenly he was doing it felt all the wrong it was things so weird, right up until he did the uh remember he won a fight yeah i think it was the jordan levitt fight and they put a microphone in his face and he or maybe maybe it was a different one i, I forget which one i think it was before the levitt before fight. the Levitt yes. fight and so he was he said about uh suicide yeah we lost right. a friend and i was like dude this guy's stock is like at an all-time high i know and now it's like in a completely different place. Very strange. Do you think it too, the, too closely with Molly Meatball and it brought him? They down. were. He, he was, was DraftKings guy. So I mean, that is po slightly polarizing. We haven't got to. We haven't got to Ian Gary yet, but they have. There's some right. similarities exactly. there. I was going to say this. Yeah. They I do. Which, get is, which is that on, on marriage and cuckold. I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh, take on that. Yeah. What, what I was going to say was there's just they, they they both kind of suffered at a moment in time from overexposure. Yes. Yeah. Right. Where they were pushed way too much, way too fast, and yeah. the fans revolted. Somewhat fairly in certain cases, somewhat unfairly. It's not a completely uh, one way or the other. But I was going to say, you think that if he beats Tony, it only exacerbates I that think tension. so. At least in the short term, I think it will. And it kind of will depend. Like, we're not in the fight. We haven't seen how this the lead-up is. But I could see Tony being a huge rooting interest for everybody. Dude, right? fans like, are real into him right now. That's yes, what I mean. Pops are just so, Diaz level, stupid level. So for him to get just crushed in this situation, and then how, depending on how he handles the mic, does he embrace this thing? Like, the what's going to happen? I don't know. But uh, it's does a it thankless situation. This is a, this is a tough situation for him. This is the wrong fight to try to win fight, uh, fans back over. I think this is mm. the wrong setup. Okay, but will it subconsciously repair the critical damage that his stock took with the win that he probably didn't deserve? If he handles his business no, because, and mops the floor with Tony. Because I think that people look at Tony as hanging on, like we're kind of talking about. No, they I think, do. They do. Be so honest. I think that if he goes in there and starts as Tony, the people are like, well, of course he's going to start. That's, you know how, you know how. But people I'm saying subconsciously, it. might people go, okay, well, at least he's May back. He's, he's legit again. He just, he got a win under him. 
I think the UFC would believe that. They seem to be behind him regardless. You know, I saw Dana do his uh, podcast, and they were boys. So I feel like the UFC is uh, Patty's back like a while back now. But you talking about during the area that yeah. sparked the yeah, area, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like yeah, I think the UFC likes it. No one ever beats with him. It's well, funny. That no is, that's ever... what makes this sort of a story because this was. The I'm first... teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. And me. Um, here's the deal, though. What I want to ask is the flip side of that. I always say the greatest old guy win. Outside of Randy Couture against Tim Sylvia in that comeback, because that was a title fight, there's so much more of like Captain America tied into that, and it was a title fight. Yeah. But when Tito Ortiz stopped his losing streak for that one fight Lance against Bader. a still Lance credible Bader. Ryan Bader, Bader. He went and that shocked the world, exhilarating. No matter if you hated crazy. Tito your whole life, you celebrated while he was doing one more grave yeah. digger, and it was like that win shouldn't have happened, but you know what? He's a legend. Good for him. This win shouldn't happen, but if it does... Dude, the crowd's going to go bananas. I think so, Is that what's going to happen? It's just going to be Dude, one of those feel-good Here's the thing moments. about Ferguson, man. Like, he, this is what... And, and if I'm being serious for just a second, Tony was always an unusual guy. He was always the guy yeah. who was, you know, marched to the beat of his own drum. But... Little red flags all the time. Too. Little red flags, you know? too. I mean, even on, even on the Ultimate Fighter, when he got drunk and would lose control, yeah. there, were, there were signs back then that there were things to worry yeah. about. Uh, but in truth, he was also just a, an insanely dynamic fighter. The fight against RDA, I think, is probably his best, if you ask me, beating him five rounds in Mexico City and looking like he had all the cardio in the world to go. Um, just a, a phenomenal performance. But the fight game did him wrong, whether by bad luck or anything else. Like, tripping on that cord and losing the Habib fight, it never came. Yeah. Did he ever get paid a million dollars for any fight? Maybe is the answer, but probably not. I don't, no. I don't know. Um, he never got a chance to unify the titles. There's a lot of things that oh, were taken from point. him. And people even and people if, want one last thing I where they can say right. fucking Tony yeah, did that shit. Dude, his fan base was. You've been at some of his fights. Sure. Right? I mean, his fan sure, base. Sure, they huge, love him. Man. So I do feel like that. Even subconsciously, like for people, they just want to see this. But get this know? isn't just any comeback win. You're beating the most recent sort of UFC produced corporate next big thing that may or not. <laughs> That's not, actually like, the way to say You're it. beating the company, even though he's not really at odds with Dana White. They've been decent in recent years. Like yeah. Tony would take a couple shots. Dana would repair it. They're letting Tony hang on a long time. But if he gets this win, he beat not just young. He not, you know, he didn't just get a win for old age. He beat the companies. So he would get a big he fight. Beat, he beat the guy who was the teacher's pet, or the perceived. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Pet. If he beats Patty, he gets Connor. I'm telling you that right now. If he beat, if Tony Ferguson somehow beats Patty, he will get Connor as his rule. I was going to ask what he gets from him aside from, like, you know, the adoration crazy. of fans. You really believe that? Uh, that level. Know. That level of a fight, yes. Only if Connor loses. Like maybe instead of Conor, it ended up being like a Nate or something like the, he gets would have that. Conor lose level. to somebody else, I think, before they would put that. In. Not if Tony beats Patty. If Tony submit, like the best scenario is Tony takes shots, he gets dropped. It's kind of a war, but then Tony tricks him into a submission and taps him, and then he's just like, so many, you know, so many he could have a Diaz guys. brother moment. I'll laugh my ass off if he twisters him. If he twisters oh him, that would be. It's also a little bit, and this is, it'd be, it'd be this moment, it'd be a celebration. I know how it's going to be if he wins, right? Exactly what you guys are talking about, but you'd also know that the inevitability of him losing badly again will exist. Like it's just gonna. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like if there's always a bittersweet thing. I hate it. Remember when you guys get in this fight? I know. Against That's what I'm uh, Chris Gutierrez, and you were like, "This is gonna go. Oh, this is gonna go poor." I know. Yeah. yeah. And then if, you know what's the best case scenario for them? They win. Now they think if you talk to Tony, he's like, "I'm gonna go on a five-fight win streak. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna win the title." And you're like, "Oh no, don't talk like he's that." He's probably like, "I'm gonna fight Islam next." I'm gonna fight. <laughs> like, yeah, just... So it does prolong something. That's all. Chuck, interestingly, tangentially, not really connected to this. Will Habib ever compete in any form of like combat that we it's care like about? We visit this a lot. We do but, a lot, but, but it's an important subject because that's his long time. I don't know. I, there was a time where I would have said yes to this, mm -hmm. 
he's so principled, and I just don't see it. I don't see any movement. And I guess him. I, I wouldn't know. accept if he does the grappling match. I don't count it. If he does yeah, grappling, no, grappling I don't maybe, count but okay. I'm like, if, coming back to UFC no. or something, I just don't see it at this point. Let me ask you about the David Goggins stuff. David Goggins, a former, I think, Navy SEAL, sort of like a professional psycho where you know i'm not i'm not dissing i mean yeah. you know he's you got to kill that he does bitch, feats right? of strength and endurance and you know, whatnot that, that are like, incredible is yeah. that dude who like challenges fighters is that your about no no no, 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 no no david no. goggins is the guy who tony hired this like he does oh oh yeah i did see this i did see this i just know you're talking okay gets to the point of he, death. he does right, right, he does like levels of physical exertion i saw that you kind of saying like this does I, right i know what you're talking the thing was it's like why would you do something like that and if the answer was to get into great shape being in bad right. shape was never his problem, never once. No. And also, like, you need that fighting spirit. Like, Tony's, like, if there's anything he's always had is fighting spirit. My theory was he did that because, well, one, I don't think he made a great choice. But two, I think he was looking for some kind of spiritual sure. uh, journey that he could go on so Diego to self-soothe a little bit. Right? I, I, I think it does feel like that to me. It feels like the Diego Sanchez. Remember the last dude he had? And the guy with Joshua Fabio, yeah, mm -hmm. that whole thing. And not quite like that, but it's sort of like that in the sense like these guys are kind of, they've, they've tried a lot of avenues. They found success in a lot of things they've done. And they're like, this is the next chapter. And I feel like it's going to bring this to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It feels like he's in that space. I had to text my driver, let him know I'm still coming. Yeah, right? my, my, my driver's texting me too. I just don't get the phone. <laughs> you know, if I, if hey, I, I don't have a driver. If I so broke like, bro culture with you on that, I apologize. <laughs> all right. Yo, what do you think about Eskimo brothers in MMA? Um, we used to have a couple of those, didn't we? We still got a bunch, probably. Yeah. Sure. Like promoters and comedians. Yeah. I hope you get fired. I hope you get fired. <laughs> uh, anyway, did, what, did, what did you, what was your sense about what any of that shit meant? Just the spiritual journey part? I mean, he's that guy, though. Mm. You know, he, again, he's turning, everybody has February birthdays. I think he turns 40 in February. Yeah. And he's a guy who, I loved him for this reason. He was so unorthodox. You know, remember his training methods where he's just doing all kinds of weird, like, he's, he's always been kooky. And I love it. And there's a part of you that's like, well, this is just, this is Tony, man. This is what he's going to do. But I don't put much else into it. I just feel like he's trying to find that, you know. Here's he might be searching for something like that, you know. And that, maybe that's good because he's had red flags where he's had anger issues. He's had strange issues outside of the game. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a deeper thing to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, know? we're all just waiting for, like, the next loss that's big enough but not too damaging that retires him, right? We're kind of waiting for that in a way because you're right. The reward for getting a surprise win that he shouldn't in some ways is in a more difficult fight and, and unfortunately another beating. Is there any scenario, though, where he, as much as he can say, look, and I'm going to go on a five-fight win streak and become a champion, <laughs> is really just looking maybe to maintain this identity and to keep doing this and becoming where Clay Guida is, where Jim Miller right. is, where Matt Brown is, maybe. where... You're sort of like better that. known in the end for your longevity. As much as it sounds crazy from a guy who's been stopped so many consecutive times against big names and some of them damaging, could he be a guy that lingers? Like, even Andre Arlovsky was able to, right. to write another chapter. Andre Arlovsky utterly reformed his style right. to make it work in a very so relatively speaking. Because you never know who's going to be the Bernard Hopkins who's able yeah. to fight at a very high level I mean, to 50. I'm not saying fight at a very high level, but... Guida's so 41 and he's still doing it. What like, you you tell me because you've watched his last couple of fights. I know that when I was watching, I'm like, oh, it just didn't look like he had movement anymore. It looked yeah, like he was going to get hit. His movement looks compromised. Um, so it's like I just I, I if he did that, it'd be like a miracle turnaround at this. He so always this had it, he always had issues taking punishment. He just ate it before, yeah. and now he can't really eat it the same way. Yeah. So in your estimation, is this loss and I think the crazy, this is it. I don't know what he'll do. I don't know what the UFC will do. Um, they may have to cut it, but it probably should be. I mean, 
Again, dude, I go back to it. I remember, you can look at my tweets in real time. I remember the beating he took against Justin Gaethje and being like, There's, he, you're not coming back from that. Not coming back wow. from that. And That's then, a good point, though. I remember that. And, the, well. and dude, they, they that fight when he was yeah. like kind of just looking yeah. off like a zombie after taking the, you know, yeah. I mean, massive punch after massive punch. And then, you know, getting your arm stretched by Oliveira wasn't great, but getting flatlined again by Chandler. Dude, you don't come back from this shit. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't come back from that. And, so. dude, that guy's trained so aggressively. Extreme. Yeah. Well, he's been an extreme trainer. His comeback from that injury of tripping over that court is it's just, insane. It's inhumane. So He'll have one of the biggest, uh, like, that's that hard story in the end. Like you are mentioning, I think, you'll look back at his career, and there's such a what if. Like, if he just fights Khabib in, like, one of those situations when they when they were at both at the top, it would have been a lot of People fun. People even talk, like, even, like, this Jermel Charlo car, uh excuse me, um, Canelo fight. I know it's boxing, but the point being, it was like Charlo really underperformed, which is true, fine. But he also fought Canelo. Like, he got a Canelo payday. The game yeah. did him right. Like, in the yeah. end, he got well, he got the he got the lottery ticket. He got a big cash. You know, he's actually, he's got some good wins, whatever. But, like, he, the, he more or less is going to make out of the game okay. I don't think Tony ever got that from the fight game. No. I don't think the fight game ever rewarded him the way that it should have. Ugh. So and, and he's trying to just that's always take whatever's sure. left and double on top of each other and make something out of it, but there's nothing there. So what do we need? We need him to get stopped without taking a ton of damage. We need it to be over, right? All right. Or just win. Do you retire. need it to be over? This that's it. what he could do. Does he ever fight in the could UFC he do that? again after this? I need you to answer that question. Mm, yes. Does he fight again in the UFC after this win or lose? Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, we have to wrap this up because I have a train to catch, okay. and so does he. Right. Wow. But we have to talk about the Ian Gary and Vicente Luque fight. By the way, another generational one. Yeah. This one within the same team. <laughs> we obviously have to start yeah. the conversation here with Ian Gary, who has been embroiled in a number of, in some cases, very stupid scandals, and other ones, very self-made ones that there is some validity to. It's a bit of a mix between the both of them, some of them salacious, some of them, you know, getting into the stuff about what he said about Neil Magny and kind of making, blowing this up and yeah. then having some repercussions, potentially anyway. Chuck, does your wife live in your house? It not all the time, but I mean, he's there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, okay, of not a kidding, cuck. of course. Then you know what? Not a cuck. Yeah. Not a cuck. I just want to be clear. I don't care about any of your marriages. I want you to know that. I don't give a fuck about any of your marriages. All right. Uh, uh, but in all seriousness, here's the thing I will say. The fans have been killing him for a week now, and again, since well, at the time this will air, it'll have been weeks. Uh, on top of that, he has to go face all of these guys at the press conference who are, are only certain to light him up. I will say this. Aside from the fact that you have to fight Vicente fucking Luque, yeah. which is bad enough as it is, you have to Crazy. do it under insane mental pressure from your peers <laughs> and the fight like community. That. I don't know. Does he? I don't know. I, I, that's, it's, it's strange because the pressure he brings onto himself is what's so weird. Yeah. Like, Usually you're hyping yourself up in ways that are um, advantageous for you. I feel like the way he hypes himself and then the way people talk about him, it's like pressure to not fall on your face because so many people want you to. It's weird. He's got a different setup. But, man, I, I tell you, the guy isn't one of the you, – you knew these guys all the time growing up. Like, everybody – he was a big, like, football player, whatever it is, good guy, like, in sports. But when you knew him, you're always like, no, 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 I don't need to hang out with him. You know, mm -hmm. feels no, like he's got that going on. A little too vulnerable and a too, little too willing to open that door to why he's so vulnerable. Yeah. Then you start to see There's some something. parts of the lifestyle, and you're like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. It's a strange thing. He might be living a crazy enough lifestyle here. Hold on. That... I got I to gotta talk to this guy, too. Now he's blowing me up. Sorry. <laughs> I have to. Sorry, dude. I have so, to. So Ian Gary might be living a wild enough lifestyle that there's some element of the pressures of this week yeah. from this buildup of almost like the fans just having a reason now in their eyes to completely turn on him. We're going to find out how special he is against Luki because yeah. this is either going to 
energize him, fuel him, and he is truly going to step forward into that next level with a giant statement and right. be like, how you like me now after everything endured? Yeah. Or it's going to be the reason for his undoing right. because it's so all good. kind of blowing up Dude, on he's him. either going to blow past this and make it all look like nothing right. or it's going to be a cautionary I can see that. tale. I can, exactly. So the cautionary tale thing is the pressure, but I can see him doing the other thing. Where he just goes right through Luke, and now we're like, okay, and Gary yeah. is like a where player, he, you know. Then we know, okay, then he's built for this, and who cares whose ex yeah. is with, with whom or who? I mean, if you find <laughs> out, okay, seriously, I don't want to get into your marriage, and I've met your wife, and she's lovely, and she's a fantastic lady. She likes what we talk about. But if you life. found out, oh, honey, you're a published author, and then you're like, how to get bald guys from Colorado <laughs> to impregnate you? If you found out that she had actually published that story. Would you? It's a little more specific than hers was. <laughs> like yeah. I, I hope that, that doesn't insult you, but I take no, no. that risk. That but it did. If she didn't I'll write, if she didn't write that piece in 2015, it would be <laughs> a lot worse. But <laughs> yeah, would that change anything? No. No, I mean. Yeah. Okay, so we're not trying to seriously. We're seriously. I don't know. side streets. I was about to say he was destined for that job. Yeah. It sounds like. I mean, we're seriously not trying to get inside of the dynamics of his marriage, although they're showing us a lot. So whatever. They are showy. Does this though change? Who Ian Gary can be because it does seem like the public, the people that were weren't sure about him, were like, now I have a reason. Like I said, f that people guy. People were looking for a reason to not like him. His own kind, like Ireland, I don't feel like is behind him. You know, like because of moving to the states and everything. It's just every step has been very strange and very polarized. Well, he's also using like some of Connor's stick too openly, and, and like, I think, yeah, it's like exactly. I think that's one hundred percent it. It doesn't. Doesn't feel authentic. It's not quite yet. John Jones weird where it's like he's kind of hypocrisy, but it's like it's weird in the sense that he doesn't really I feel like he hasn't found his lane that way. You know? By lane, are you talking about the Albuquerque intersection where John had to pull over yeah. after the <laughs> That's the one. Yes, sir. But keep going. <laughs> it was, was like, that technically it? it was part of his twenties, so it would fall under the jurisdiction of your question. You know what I mean? Yeah, God, God, real good, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's feeling it. Those mules are reporting. Woo! You hey, feeling those Mars? The difference between me and you is two Moscow mules right yeah, now. Right? That's true. Oh, I He's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. He's having a good time. You know, the thing about Luke is, I know you've, you you think this a lot, like, will BC and LT, like, last? Like, we're actually really good right now. I love this yeah. man. Yeah. We may fight he on the air. He texts me less than ever. But that's why. <laughs> we don't have to talk to each other Harmony. at all. It's the marriage I've dreamed of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. The thing about my marriage, though, I like the, yeah. this is the new shtick that I like from you is like just holding the pregnant <laughs> just, pause. Just, like, just letting this it. idiot talk. <laughs> just let him go. All right. I like so it. here's the deal, Chuck. If Ian Gary passes this test and does it impressively, what the heck do we have here? Because we just talked about the division and the future players, and none of us mentioned him. I just want to say that. And it was an accident when I'm like, gotta, yeah, yeah, you're when right. I'm like Sean Brady, Jack Della Maddalena, we forgot to mention him. Does Will this be I mean, the... my guy Pizza Carroll thinks he'll be like, well, we're, when we're talking about these guys, like he thinks, because he's followed Ian a lot longer, and I think he believes he's going to be That's skyrocketing to I'll that tell you spot. what, man, he passes this test, he moves through it. it yeah. Dude, he's, and, and we already it's had, Sean, too, we man. just had Sean Brady, who won, uh, obviously, right. against Kelvin Gaslam. He wants what a piece great of division right He's now. already got guys who, wanted, who, are, who, are, who are after him, and we haven't even fought yet. Dude, Luke is quietly, what is his, his nickname is like something like, Silent assassin, right? Or yes, something. But yes. he's very quietly put together 20 fights, 115 of them. Dude, he's 75%. He most, mostly finishes. Yeah. That's he's a guy. He's a you freaking just escalation, back, like a real escalation from you pull back the, just a little on the recklessness, there might still be another run. Right. Well, remember, he had the brain health issue. I know. That's true. Where we weren't even sure if he was going to come back. So, that like, is true. I don't want to call this a second act, but it feels like with him, 
How much borrowed time is Luke on in terms of how much time he has left to fight? I don't know the answer to that. It's crazy. But I, I feel like if he gets washed by Ian Gary, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens. But if he does, that would almost certainly mark. Um, it's funny talking about it because several of the people we're talking about could be on the same ice flow. The, the UFC's kind of kicking out the sea. Like, all yeah. right, we'll see you later, Luke. We'll yeah. see you later, Wonder Boy. We'll see you later. You know, it's yeah. weird. I didn't really put that together, but there are a lot of those matchups. It's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of coming and going, yeah. uh, or at least it, it, viewed in that way. Yeah. We have drivers that are waiting for us, but yes. Luke, this prelim card is badass. Right, I quickly, did want to get your quick, very quick temperature on the featured prelim main. King Casey O'Neill and yeah. Ariane Lipsky. Oh, pants at the ankles. <laughs> oh, come on. It can, be, it can just be fun to watch you. Wow. All right. Um, That's I mean, you. Wow. I, I can't. I can't. All right. Crossfire. We, we have to wrap it up. Uh, this was the last of these, at least in this particular studio. So You know the best way to wrap it up would either be to do a shot of the tiger. I'm not. I'm going to go catch my fucking Or train. to do a little rockapella. Of oh, I'm gonna let you two. I'm gonna let you two crackers do it. Yourself. <laughs> okay, that's Brian Campbell. That's Chuck Mendenhall. You can find for having me, guys. Hey, Ringer MMA show every Thursday, and after big pay-per-views, we do an immediate response. Or you should go to MK at first, but then yeah. afterwards you can go Char watch. What's that your one. given name? It's like Charles. Charles, Charles Mendenhall the fourth. Yo, that's a white name, bro. It is very white. It's very. Yo, it's do, also you, oil. do you think your great grandfather sold peyote? Um, he did peyote, but that's about it. All right, we're done here. That's Brian Campbell. <laughs> I'm Thomas. That's Chuck Mendenhall. UFC 296. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you guys after about it on MK. Bye. Ciao.